The Galaxy Note 20 Ultra is Samsung's latest flagship phone, but at a starting price of $1,300, is it worth your hard-earned cash? I'm Roger Chang, and this is your Daily Charge. To help me answer this question is CNET's phone guru, Jessica Dolcourt. Thanks for joining me, Jessica. Happy to be here. So you've had a fair amount of time with the Galaxy Note 20 Ultra, which is the, the, the higher-end premium version of the, the latest Note 20 family. What do you think? Uh, yeah, that's a really interesting question. This is absolutely, undeniably a big and beautiful device. This is a do-everything phone, and this line always has been. Specifically, the Note 20 Ultra has an absolutely gorgeous screen. The camera's really great, especially really sharp 5X optical zoom. And as always with the Note, there are things that you can do with the S Pen stylus that you just can't do on other phones. And as soon as I start using a Note again, all of that comes flooding back. And I think, how did I ever survive taking screenshots on a phone that didn't have a stylus uh, and things like that? Um, I think that this device makes a lot of sense in a world where there is a lot of work and social activity, um, such as my life pre-lockdown. But for people like me who are now largely staying at home as a result of the pandemic, I just think that my lifestyle now doesn't really take advantage of every feature and opportunity that's been promised. So for example, I'm not waking up at 6 a.m. anymore to hotspot my laptop to my phone for more than two hours a day, going to evening events and staying out really late, you know. So I don't necessarily need every feature that this phone has. I don't need to have tremendous battery life. I can charge the phone anytime I want. Um, and for my new routine, I, I'm, I just don't get the same sense of urgency that this phone could provide in a post-pandemic or pre-pandemic world. Of course, everybody lives in different places with different rules. So if you're in a spot where you actually have a lot of freedom of movement and a lot of places are open and you are going into the workplace, then it could make sense. For me, uh, it just feels really out of step with the life I'm living right now. Yeah. And I mean, you have a lot of caveats there. And $1,300 is a lot, and that's really just the starting price. You have to pay up for more memory. It, ultimately, though, who who is this for? I mean, clearly, it, it, this could have been for pre-pandemic Jessica Dolcourt, but right now, who is this for? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, this is a big and heavy device, so it's only for people who truly love big phones. For me personally, it's a little bit wide in the hand, but I've always said that I think anybody can get used to and adapt to um, a new shape for a phone. Um, there are people who swear up and down that they want a tiny phone, and then once they switch, they're like, you know, I don't know how I ever lived with such a small screen. Um, there are trade-offs for sure. It is really beautiful. Um, but I think that if you have a Note 10 Plus, uh, it isn't worth an upgrade because ultimately it is incremental. If you have an older phone, an older Note, or just any phone from, you know, more than a year ago, two years ago, then uh, as usual, there are tremendous benefits uh, that just come automatically with the increase in technology. So having a faster processor, for example, having more RAM, all of that, that's kind of built into the feature set. Um, and if you've never used a phone with a stylus before, that's going to open a whole new world of possibilities. Um, $1,300 is a lot of money. For Samsung, I think they're thinking this is actually $100 cheaper than the S20 Ultra, so it's a quote-unquote deal. Um, but I think at a time when we are in you know, the deepest global recession that many people will see in their entire lives. It feels a little out of step to be asking $1,300 for a premium device that people may or may not be able to take full advantage of. So I'm not gonna say don't buy it. 
Um, but I think it would be a really good idea to keep an eye out for a great trade-in deal. Um, and that's what I would wait for. You know, either you're part of the Samsung upgrade program, which might be a good way in, or you wait for holiday or for some sort of bundled deal. Yeah, you can imagine the carriers will get pretty aggressive come holiday season. Now, you, you spent a lot of time with the, the Note 20 Ultra, uh, and there is still the $1,000 Note 20, which is sort of the base model. Can you talk about the differences in what you get with the Ultra that you necessarily don't get with the Note 20? Sure. And full disclosure, I have not seen the Note 20 in person, um, but it's really easy to line up the specs and get an idea of it. I've seen plenty of pictures. We shot video of it. There are actually a lot of differences. So you get a smaller screen at 6.7 inches on the Note 20 versus 6.9 on the Ultra. There is a flat display, so no curved screen. However, I think that since the bezels are so thin on the Ultra, I made quite a few mistakes um, with, you know, my thumb and the sides of my fingers accidentally pressing things and closing things that I didn't want to happen. So a flat display could potentially solve some of that. Um, one head scratcher is that there's plastic backing instead of glass. And I just think that's kind of a big ask for a thousand dollar phone because Samsung and other phone makers have spent so much time training us that a premium device is one with a glass back. Um, so then to give us one with a polycarbonate backing feels like it's it's sort of a reversal. Um, there's also no micro SD card slot, uh, which was the same as the standard Note 10. And you just see slightly step down specs across the board in terms of the camera extras, um, you know, battery life, which is really only slightly smaller, a little bit less RAM and so on, but you still have all of the same core functionality. So the front facing cameras are going to be the same. The quality of the main camera is going to be the same. You're going to have the same really speedy Snapdragon 865 plus processor. You're going to have the same version of Android. Um, so it really is those small differences. And the S Pen is the same on both as well. Only one slight difference is that uh, the Note 20 Ultra does have capability for a 120 hertz screen refresh rate. Um, so that means that every pixel on that display is refreshing 120 times per second versus the 60 hertz standard. And the Note 20 only has 60 hertz. Um, so that makes the S Pen more responsive. It also makes scrolling and other activities look a lot smoother on the Note 20 Ultra does pull down a little bit more battery life. Um, so you won't really notice unless you've got the phone side by side and you're comparing the stylus. Um, and nothing will change if you're moving up from, you know, a slightly older Note phone, but that that is one other variation. Got it. And so, yeah, yeah I, I look at these, uh, these phones and it, it seems like there's more of a collection of nice upgrades uh, as opposed to any kind of marquee feature. But is there something that stood out for you uh, from the Note 20 line? Uh, for the Note 20 Ultra, I actually really love half the design. There is a giant camera bump sticking out on the back, and I find it to be an eyesore, but also concerning because it's not really protected by anything. So if you don't get a case, you know, you could drag this thing across the tabletop after you put the phone down and it could scratch if you drop it, which I have almost done many times um, just because that's what happens when you have a phone. They inevitably fall. Um, that camera part that's jutting out is going to be the piece that I think cracks first. But the rest of the design, I actually find the lines really sleek. Um, I have the signature Mystic Bronze color, which I find absolutely gorgeous. And it's got a matte finish. Samsung is stepping away from glossy. And I really do find that it doesn't collect the fingerprints 
as much. I'm sure that they are still there. I know they're still there because I can see them on the front of the screen, which is glass, uh, but I don't really see them accumulating on the back, which is really nice. You've got that really great. I, I mean, Samsung just ticks all the boxes. So I would say in aggregate, everything is really good. That 5X optical zoom is really sharp. And zoom is a feature that I have learned to use with the camera. Um, so that is something that I would use day to day. In terms of the camera, beyond the 5X optical zoom, like how has been the, how has the camera experience been like on the Ultra? Yeah, I like it. I think that there are definitely improvements over the Galaxy S20, especially the S20 Ultra. Samsung has actually backed away from 100x space zoom. Um, I don't really think in most circumstances you need to go that far. I think most people don't really go beyond 10x, maybe 30 in a pinch. But I did try the 50x zoom. And I maybe lucked out on a shot, but I, I thought that the quality was a little bit better. Uh, there's laser autofocus, which I did find to be a little bit better. Um, night shot quality overall, I think, has been improved subtly over the years. Uh, there is a scene optimizer that's included that, that you can use, and this basically leans on AI to identify the scene that you're in and then make some automatic adjustments. But even when I turned that off, I thought that the photos taken at night were better. Um, and then the night mode itself, you know, produced photos that I definitely would want to use. Um, so I'd say that the camera was great. There is a new feature as well that Samsung is really proud of in the ultra only, and this is pro video mode. Um, I am not a professional videographer. So for me, all of those manual controls are overwhelming. Um, but for somebody who really enjoys taking video, this is an area where Samsung has lagged behind Apple, especially, and other phone makers as well. Um, so I think that that they're helping close that gap. Um, there was one part that I thought was really cool that I actually would use even as a non-professional. I wouldn't even call myself an amateur. I'm like below that level. But you can flip the microphone to record from either the front of the phone or the back of the phone. So if you're trying to focus on somebody in front of you, you can position the microphone or basically like focus the direction to hear more of them and less of the background noise maybe behind you. So I thought that was a really nice feature. Nice. And uh, you know, S Pen, you mentioned this. Uh, it, it's always sort of the one of the big differentiator for the, the Note line. Is there anything new with the S Pen this year? There are a couple new features, but the standout one or the one that Samsung's calling the standout, I actually find really gimmicky. Um, so it's added five new air gesture features and the idea, which does not make sense for these times, um, the, I, the use case that was presented was like you're in a boardroom and you're using your phone to launch a PowerPoint presentation and you can, you know, hold the button, point the S Pen at the phone, make a gesture like a half circle to go back, for example, or a squiggle to take a screenshot, something like that. Um, and that you can, you have these remote control gestures. Um, but, you know, sitting in my home, I don't really have a natural way to use them. And I find that even if I do use it to do something like go home or go back or go forward or open my recents, I still have to lean into the phone to tap it um, to do the next thing. So I haven't figured out a way to use them, um, but there are other features that pre-existed that I actually find quite a joy to use once I switch back to the note. So for example, um, I love using the stylus just to navigate, to take really precise screenshots, really precise um, like copy pasting. Um, so you just drag it along and you kind of, you've got this bit of text, but you don't have to worry as much about missing it with your finger. 
Um, there's a magnifying glass that I found really useful. I was eating at um, an outside restaurant, fully distanced, and they had a touch-free menu. So you scan the menu, you know, you scan the barcode and you get the menu and it was too small to read. So I, it was very natural to pull out the stylus and to use a built-in magnifying tool. Um, so those are that kind of area. But I think, I think really the note is more for people who already know that they like to use a stylus or for people who just want the phone and all the features that come in it and they don't care. You may never take it out to use it, but it can still be a really good phone for you. What about 5G access? I know last year it was kind of confusing. There were different versions for different carriers, depending on the network. What does 5G access look like for the Ultra? And how's that different from the, the Note 20? The 5G access is pretty similar across the board from unlocked devices to carrier devices. Um, but I think, as always, 5G is really difficult to discuss because it's going to vary based on wh where you live and what your carrier pr can provide for you. Um, but 5G going forward, we know is going to be a part of every flagship device. So in a sense, to me, that sort of becomes a non-issue. <laughs> it's, it's not the case of the Galaxy S20 where that baseline phone only had one kind of 5G and, and not the fastest kind. Um, so for the Note series, you know, it's, it's basically all access. Awesome. All right, well, thanks again, Jess, for breaking this all down for us. If you have any questions about the Note 20 Ultra, hit us up at The Daily Charge on Twitter. You can check out Jessica's full review on CNET.com. For The Daily Charge, I'm Roger Chang. Thanks for listening.